All right, everybody stand to your feet. You're going to stand the entire time this morning. Just kidding. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we declare that, that no weapon of distraction that would try to keep us from receiving the word of God this morning would prosper. But Lord, we declare that your word would prosper this morning, that your will would prosper this morning. Father, we just pray that hearts are ready and hearts are prepared to receive everything that you have for your people this morning. Lord, I pray that you would anoint the words that come out of my lips as your representative, as your servant, as your messenger today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about a man named Asa. How many of you have ever heard a sermon preached about Asa. A few people have heard a message. Well, I want to preach to you about a man named Asa this morning. If you remember Solomon, who was the son of David, who was, uh, the Bible says, the wisest man who ever lived during his reign, Israel was the most influential and prosperous that it had ever been. But Solomon got distracted by what many men get distracted from, and that is women. He loved women, and he had a lot of them. In fact, he had about a thousand women. And he married some women that were from different nations that served different gods that caused him to stray away from his God. And so uh, that, that, that idol worship, that, that worship of other gods and other religions that he brought into the kingdom, spread through into his people. And, and that sin ultimately caused Israel to split apart. And they were split apart into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was Israel. The southern kingdom was Judah. And so Asa was the third king of the southern kingdom of Judah and the great-grandson of Solomon. And I want to talk to you about King Asa this morning. Most of King Asa's reign was very, very good. In fact, here's what the Bible says about King Asa, and I'm going to be reading from the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 14, and the the scriptures will be up here uh, for you to read along, and we also have notes in your bulletin as well. I'm going to start with verse 1, and I'm going to read down to verse 6, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. When Abijah died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. There was peace in the land for ten years. Everybody say ten years. years. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and his commands. Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. Look at your neighbor and say peace. I like that resounding effect. During those peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified towns throughout Judah. No one tried to make war against him at this time, for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies. At the beginning of Asa's reign, the Jews were worshiping other gods. 
Okay, because of King Solomon, he brought in those women and different gods and all, different religions and all that. And, and the Bible says as soon as Asa became king, he started destroying the temples. He started destroying the, the, the shrines. And he started destroying the, the habitation places of these false gods. He started commanding his people to serve the one true God. So far, so good. Because he stood for righteousness and did what was pleasing to God... God gave him peace and rest from his enemies. Some of us in here this morning, we need to do what King Asa did in this story. What we need to do is we need to smash some pillars in our lives. We we, we need to smash some pillars that we've erected up. We, we We need to tear down some Asherah poles in our lives. We need, to, we need to tear down some shrines that we've set up in our own personal lives. Some things that, 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 that should not be as important as they are to us. But if we're being honest with ourselves this morning, they, they have become more important than anything else in our lives. Maybe some of us in here this morning, uh, uh, our way up the corporate ladder has become more important to us than anything else. It's become more important to us than God. It's become more important to us than our family. And it's become more important to us than what really matters. Maybe for some of us in here, our possessions have possessed us and have become more important than anything else in life. Some of us need to tear down some things this morning. That's the word of the Lord to you this morning. We need to tear down some shrines, some pillars, some altars that we've set up to false gods. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 9, in verse 43 through 48. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. That doesn't sound like the nice, cute Jesus that we see in the movies, does it? If your hand causes you to sin, cut that sucker off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. I've got a knife right here if anybody... I'm just kidding. I would never have the opportunity to preach again. (laughs) Let's continue. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. Jesus was serious about us dealing with sin. Husbands, some of you need to give your wife permission to put parental controls on the cable because that cable causing you to sin at night. Wives need to stop flirting innocently that guy at work because you're not getting attention at home. You need to find another route to get attention. If something in your home reminds you of your past life of sin, it might be a good idea to get rid of those those items. Amen? It might be CDs, it might be playlists on your iTunes that you need to get rid of. Every time you listen to certain ta- songs, it brings up things that, from your past life that you used to do that you shouldn't be doing. You need to get rid of those things. There are, uh, there are, and hopefully my wife doesn't get mad about this example, there are ex-girlfriends from my teen years that have tried to friend me on Facebook 
that I've, that I've rejected their friend request, not because I'm, I'm tempted to cheat, but because I don't, want, I don't want to connect myself to relationships from my past. That's, called, that's practically tearing down the Asherah poles. That's not just something in the Bible for us to read and skim through. We need to do those things in our lives. We need to understand that there are different seasons of our lives. Sometimes we have seasons of war where God commands us to fight. God commands us to fast and pray. God commands us to pursue our enemies. God commands us to, to, to warfare. There are seasons of war that God takes us through. We need to stop believing the lie that once we get saved, Jesus takes away all of our problems and all of our enemies. There are times that God sends us right into the middle of battle. There are times where Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side where he knows there's a storm brewing. We need to understand seasons and times and, 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 and what type of season God is taking you through. There are also seasons of peace that God brings us into where we have a chance to rest. We have a chance to grow. We have a chance to fortify ourselves. This was the season God brought the people of Judah into during the first 10 years of the reign of Asa. Whether you are in a season of warfare or you're in a season of peace, obedience will bring God's blessing into your season. Okay? Whether you're going through hell or you're not going through anything, obedience to God will bring blessing into your season. I know lots of people that are in a season of peace, but they don't have peace inside of them because they don't have, they're not obeying God. Obedience is what brings peace into your season, whether you're going through war or you're going through peace. When we disobey God, we may enter a season of war when we were supposed to enjoy a season of peace. Likewise, on the other hand, when we get too comfortable in our walk with God, we can overstay our season of rest when God is commissioning us for a season of warfare. You know, guys, there's an example, a very good example of this in the Bible. King David committed adultery with Bathsheba because he got his seasons mixed up. The Bible says that in the season where kings go after war, David was chilling at home. And because he was at home, he saw a naked woman taking a bath, which ultimately caused him to commit adultery with Bathsheba. Now, look at your neighbor and tell him, don't get your seasons mixed up. Look at your other neighbor and say, don't get your seasons mixed up. You'll be in trouble if you get your seasons mixed up. At the end of the ten years of peace and rest, an enemy rose up against Judah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 9 it says, Once an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of one million men and three hundred chariots. They advanced to the town of Mereshah. So Asa deployed his armies for battle in the valley north of Mereshah. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah, and the enemy fled. Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar, and so many Ethiopians fell that they were unable to rally. They were destroyed by the Lord and his army, and the army of Judah carried off a vast amount of plunder. Verse 9 tells us that Zerah attacked Judah with an army of one million men. 
We didn't read this, but verse 8 says that Judah had 580,000 men to fight against this 1 million men. So basically, Judah, King Asa, had half the army that came against him. He was outnumbered by his enemy. Have you ever felt outnumbered before? Have you ever felt outnumbered by your enemy before? Have you ever felt like there were so many things that came against you that you didn't know what to do? You felt completely outnumbered by your enemy. How many of you know that we need to live by faith and not by sight? How many of you understand that that it's important to live by faith and not by sight? How many of you understand that even though it might look like you're outnumbered by your enemy, with God you are never, ever, ever outnumbered, amen? You may feel outnumbered right now because you have some sort of sickness going on and you can't seem to defeat it, but with God you are never outnumbered outnumbered. You may feel outnumbered right now because you have taken several financial hits recently and and you gave a sacrificial offering last week in the Thanksgiving offering and you've got lots of presents to buy for your family and all of that stuff. But if you trust God, you are not outnumbered. No matter how many enemy forces come against you, no matter how bad you're surrounded, no matter how difficult it looks, you are never outnumbered when you have God on your side. Amen? Amen. Have you ever felt like you've gone through a time in your life when you hear bad news after bad news? Anybody in here like that? Is that only me? Goes through seasons like that? It seems like you can't even go a week without something negative happening to you. Can't, it just seems like you can't catch a break. Any of you gone through times in your life like that where you're outnumbered? Almost nine weeks ago, I had surgery to remove a mass from my body. And although this, pro- this, this, uh, this surgery was nine weeks ago, the process started way back in June when I felt something abnormal in my body. And so, you know, I just kind of let it go for a little bit, hoping that it would just go away, and it didn't go away. And so I made the mistake of, of going online and, and checking out what that meant. How many of you understand, if you go online and check, whether if it's a cough or a mass, they're going to tell you the worst life-threatening disease that you have possible, and they will scare you to death. WebMD is from the devil. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a friend recently, he had like pain behind his ears, and so he went online and checked it out, and they told him he had brain cancer. It's like, I mean, I th- he may have slept wrong or something, but, uh, you know, it's so... I went online and it told me something crazy and, and I got freaked out and so went to the doctor and, and uh, went and actually saw three doctors and they all came back with the same report that mass is probably cancerous. And uh, I, I was absolutely devastated. You, you know, your mind starts going berserk. I started thinking about, you know, if you're not familiar with cancer, when you hear that word, you think it's death. And so I started thinking about my two young kids. Am I going to be able to see my daughter get married? Am I going to be able to see my my son play baseball in high school and all that stuff? And started thinking about my wife, and my mind was going everywhere. And, and, you know, the devil kind of adds to that and freaks you out. And and I I was just absolutely, uh, I was absolutely devastated. And I remember once, uh, it was during youth camp, I left youth camp to go to a doctor visit and... uh, uh, I heard news that I didn't want to hear, and I, I got in my car, and, and all of this weight just hit me all at once. And, and uh, this is actually the first time I'm talking about this, and so you guys are all processing this with me. So, uh, 
I, I remember getting in my car and started thinking, all these thoughts started hitting me, and, and I started just crying. And uh, you can ask my wife, I don't cry a lot, but uh, I, I, was, I started crying in my car. I, 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 then I started weeping, and then snot started coming out of my nose, and then I started making funky noises, you know. And I, 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 was, I was down, man. I, I felt defeated. I felt outnumbered. And I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, God, God has taken me through a process. God has taken me through a journey. And uh, at the time, I felt outnumbered. And King Asa, he gives us the answer of what to do when we are clearly outnumbered by our enemies in verse number 11. It says this, then Asa cried out to his God. Not some complicated plan. Not, it doesn't take rocket science to do this. Asa, he was outnumbered, so he simply cried out to God. Some of us are overcomplicating things. We're going through something. We're going through difficulties. We're outnumbered. We don't know how we're going to make it through it. And, and we're trying to go to, to, to people that can't help us when simply God is saying, cry out to me. I'm the one that can help you. I'm the one that can ma- help you go through this. I'm the one that will give you strength and peace. I'm the one that will give you victory. But you need to cry out to me. When things are collapsing around us and our life is getting out of control and one thing after another is hitting us and hitting us and hitting us, we need to cry out to God. Instead of complaining to others, we need to cry out to God. Complaining ain't going to get us nowhere. Instead of blaming others, we need to cry out to God because He's our deliverer. When we don't know what else to do and we're outnumbered and we're surrounded and we know we can't make it, We need to do what Asa did, and we need to cry out to God. Listen to Asa's prayer in verse 11. O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. Asa didn't put his faith and trust in his army. He had 580,000 men, but he didn't put faith in his army. He was clearly outnumbered. He put his faith and trust in God to deliver him. And this is exactly what I had to do in my situation. I believed wholeheartedly with all of my heart that God could heal me. We, we reached out to, to people to pray for us and, 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 and to believe with us. for yeah, and, I, and I completely believed that God... It was not too difficult for God to heal that mass in my body. But you know what? For whatever reason, I don't know why. I don't understand why God didn't heal me. And so I had to have surgery to remove that mass. And when the, uh, the, the results came back, it was cancer. And you know what? I, I don't understand why God makes people go through certain things. But he does. And you know what? I'm going to minister out of what God took me through. I am not going to be defeated. I'm not going to let the enemy get me down and beat me down. And as I was preparing this message, I felt like God wanted, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't really talked to many people about this. 
And, and I felt like God wanted to, me to minister out of my weakness. He wanted me to minister out of this struggle that I went through. Maybe someone in here is going through something similar to me. It might not be cancer, but it might be something else. And you need to hear what I'm saying to you this morning. There's a reason God put it on my heart to, 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 to say this. And so I had, when I felt outnumbered, I had to just believe in God and I had to cry out to God in, in my deepest, darkest hour. In my struggle, I had to cry out to God because at that point, it's good that people encourage you. It's good that people speak life over you. But man, it, it's you and God. It's God encouraging you in that time. And that's exactly what I had to do. And you know what? The, uh, the, the, the cancer's out of my body, and it's a type of cancer that rarely comes back. And so uh, I'm on the up and up, and God is taking me into victory. Amen. And what helped me during this situation was meditating on God's word. There were several verses that I meditated on during this whole process that really helped bring me through. And I wanted to share uh, just a couple of these verses because maybe it would minister to some of you. The first one that I wanted to share was out of the book of Psalms 112, verses 6 and 7. And it says, those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They don't fear bad news. It doesn't say you won't be given bad news. It says you will not fear bad news because you confidently trust in the Lord to care for you. Psalm 91, 1 through through 4 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Someone needs to hear this. You are putting your trust in everyone and everything except who you need to put your trust in, and that's why you are disappointed. That's why you have been disappointed, because you're putting your faith and trust in the wrong thing. Let's look at how God responded to Asa's cry. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah. Selah. Amen. Amen. So be it. We can go home now, right? How many of you understand the Bible stories don't always end happily ever after? It's not like the movies. It's not like the 30-minute sitcoms where there's a huge problem at the beginning and 30 minutes later it's solved real life isn't hollywood and so this victory happened during the 10th year of asa's reign but between asa's 10th year and his 36th year that he reigned something changed something happened something shifted in asa's life and let's read it for ourselves in Second Chronicles chapter number 16, starting in verse 1. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. 
See, I am sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Ijon, Dan, Abel, Beth, Makkah, and all the store cities in Naphtali. As soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and stopped all work on it. Then King Asa called out all the men of Judah to carry away the building stones and timbers that Basha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the towns of Geba and Mizpah. So during the 36th year of Asa's reign, the king of Israel invaded Judah and set up shop on the border so the people were not able to come and go freely outside of King Asa's territory. And instead of crying out to God like he did before, he decides to take matters into his own hands. He takes money out of the temple treasuries and he bribes another king to ally with him, to connect with him. And then they come against the king of Israel. And when the king of Israel realizes that it's two against one, he stops his work and he leaves and he says, okay, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm done here. It sounds like King Asa did what he had to do to get the enemy off his back, right? Well, sometimes our good ideas aren't God ideas, so God doesn't like our good idea. Sometimes our ideas might look good on the outside, but it's not from God, and so God doesn't like the idea that we use. God God doesn't want us to take matters into our own hands when, when, when he's already delivered us before and he wants to deliver us again. Verse number 7 in that chapter, at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to King Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Sometimes we make a treaty, a pact, an alliance with the enemy to escape trouble instead of trusting the Lord to take care of it. How many people do you know that, that have dated an unbeliever, someone with opposite values, standards, belief systems, Because they were too tired of waiting for God to bring someone for them. This happens all the time. How many many times have we gone to someone with our problems hoping they can fix it instead of them going to the right person, the one that truly can fix it, and that is Jesus. Verse 8, don't you remember? Everybody say remember. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? At that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on you will be at war. King Asa did what many of us do in our own lives. He forgot to remember. And that's the title of my message. He for, that was my introduction up until now. He forgot... <laughs> To remember. King Asa forgot to remember. Why, why, why is it that so many times we forget to remember to trust God even though he's come through before? How, how, many of, how, how many times do we forget how God delivered us from past trials when we're going through our present trials? How many of us forget to remember that we put our faith and we put our trust in God in the past, but when we're going through our present trial, we, we somehow forget how God delivered us in the past and, and we try to take things into our own hands. And how many of you know when you take things into your own hands, it never ends up well? Never. You know, I started thinking, I started thinking about King Asa and why 
in year 10, he trusted God and, and God delivered. But then in year 36, why, why, why did he take matters into it? Why did he stop trusting God? And, and, and I sort of came up with a few reasons as to maybe why I would have made the same decision as King Asa. And, and, and maybe this will relate to you as well. Maybe between the time God delivered Asa's outnumbered army and when King Basha invaded Judah, maybe, maybe some things happened in Asa's life where God didn't come through the way he wanted him to come through. How many of us get discouraged because God doesn't come through the way we want him to come through? How, how many of us, how, you know, how many of us uh, get mad at God and get angry at God because we're going through something and he's not delivering us the exact way that we want him to deliver us. And we start getting mad at God. We start getting angry at God. We, we start saying, I'm going to give up. How many of us have, 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 have said, you know what, I've tried tithing and it doesn't work. My finances are the same, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to give up. How many of you know you can still give 10% and mismanage the 90%? It's the truth. And, and we do this with God. We, we expect God to set us free and deliver us exactly the way we want him to do it. And we, when he doesn't do it our way, we get upset. But then we quote scripture that says God's ways are higher than our ways. You see, God knows more than us. He, he, is, not, he is not controlled by time. God is outside of time. And so he can see things that we can't see. And so sometimes he does things that we can't understand or we can't see. We're just told to put our faith and trust in him. Maybe someone we loved and were close to came down with a sickness and we prayed and prayed and prayed and they died anyway. Maybe you fasted and prayed that God would give you promotion at work and when it opened up, you knew it was for you, only for it to be given to someone less qualified than you. Instead of remembering how God delivered us from so much, we remember the times we perceived God not coming through. Another reason maybe Asa changed his thinking, his thinking shifted. Maybe Asa started taking credit for the victories God gave him. Maybe pride started welling up and maybe he started thinking, this, this was me. I'm the one that did this. I'm the one that got victory. I, I'm the one. Maybe he got a little too comfortable during the time of peace God gave him. It's easy to settle into a comfort zone when you don't face opposition for long periods of time. Not only did Asa forget to remember what God had done for him in the past, he got angry with the prophet that rebuked him and imprisoned the prophet. He also started brutally oppressing some of his people. How many of us do this? We ask people to hold us accountable. We ask people to speak into our lives. And the second they say something we don't want to hear, we turn our backs on them, we push them away, and we tell them, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're thinking. You, you're wrong. I've gotten to the point where someone asks me to hold them accountable, I laugh. I'm like, you don't really mean it. You want me to hold you accountable until I tell you something you don't want to hear. Then when I tell you something you don't want to hear, you don't talk to me anymore. Am I preaching honest enough? When we forget to remember that everything good comes from above, we will start to trust in ourselves to get us out of situations. We will start to trust others to get us out of bad situations. We will start to trust in our possessions. We will start to trust in our positions. We will start to trust in our own intellect instead of trusting in the one that can deliver us. Can I have the worship team please come up? This morning, this morning, 
I want to leave you with four things that you and I should never, ever, ever forget to remember. I want to leave you with four things that you and I should never, ever, ever forget to remember. Number one, God wants us to live by faith and not by sight. God wants us to live by faith and not by sight. Because what we can see is an army that outnumbers us. But with God, he can deliver us. You see, I don't see why God allowed me to have cancer. But there are reasons that are unknown to me. And I have to have faith in God in spite of not seeing the reasons that things happen. Number two, God wants to be glorified through our lives. That's our purpose in life, to glorify Him. And you know what? He wants us to glorify Him when things are going well, and He wants us to glorify Him through the terrible, terrible, awful tragedies in our lives. In fact, God gets more glory when we glorify Him through the tragedies in our life, through the struggles in our life. That's why He says we are made strong through our weakness. Mm. Number three, God has given us victory before and he'll do it again. Some of us need to remember. Some of us need, need to remember that he's given us victory before and he'll give us victory again. Don't lose sight of past victories when you're in the middle of present battles. And number four, God's ways are higher than our ways. All of us have had things happen in our lives where we're like, what on earth are you doing, God? I, I didn't see it working out this way. I didn't plan it out this way. But God's ways are higher than our ways. And when we'll trust him. You know what? I need to look some of y'all in the eyes. When you trust him. When you trust him in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your heartbreak. When you trust him, when you're outnumbered, when the army that surrounds you is double the army that you have, when you know there's no way out, when you trust him, when you trust him, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter what happens to your earthly body. You know what? I'm believing God that I never get cancer again, but if, if I do, I'll still glorify him. He's still God. He's, no matter what happens to you, terrible or terrific, he's still God. He's still in control. He still has authority. He can still deliver you. See that day when Asa was surrounded by the enemy. He was doubled. Whether, 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 whether that enemy army completely annihilated him or not, God is still on the throne. We don't understand. We don't understand why we have to go through some of the things we go through. We don't understand why God allows some things in our lives. But what we can understand is that God's ways are higher than our ways. And he can choose to do things the way he wants to do them because he's God. And he's got our best interest at heart. Sometimes we think we have our best interest, but God knows more than us. He understands what's going on in here. 
and his ways are higher than our ways and we need to remember that Asa forgot to remember these things and because he forgot to remember he started off better than he finished the great thing about the Bible is that all of us can relate to the characters because they are not perfect citizens by any stretch of the imagination you see the good you see the bad and you see the ugly you see the reality of consequences when you choose to disobey the Bible doesn't skim over those parts when, 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 when talking about the people God used, but in spite of murder, lies, cheating, adultery, anger, in spite of those, God still uses people. Not all of the stories end happily ever after. The Bible says that at the end of Asa's reign, he came down with a foot disease. And even after this foot disease, he did not seek help from the Lord. We can allow pride, stubbornness, and a hard heart to keep us from trusting in God when we are in need. Let's not ever get to the point where we stop trusting God and start trusting others for our deliverance. We can come to church week after week after week and, 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 and we can do our duty, but we get calloused to the Holy Spirit trying to deal with the inside. We, we can start getting cow. We can get so we can get so used to the presence of God that that we you know everybody's lifting their hands and worshiping and it doesn't even do anything to us anymore. We can get so stubborn doing things our own way that we miss out when God wants to do something in our lives. Let's learn from the end of King Asa's life to never forget to remember. Never forget to remember how God delivered us before and how he'll deliver us again. We can get so used to taking care of our own problems that we leave God right out of the equation. People sitting in church buildings that go to church every single day. People that post scriptures on Facebook. You, you, me. We can get so stubborn and set in our ways. We can get so used to doing things our way that God's way isn't even an option anymore. We can get so caught up in the logicals and practicals of life that we forget that our God is supernatural, that he defies logic, that he defies understanding. His desire is for us to completely and totally trust him. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray in this place. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, work in hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, do something in hearts this morning. You want to do something incredible. this morning and you need a relationship with Jesus you don't know if you were to die today you don't know where you'd end up spending eternity you need Jesus you need a personal relationship with Jesus you're living in sin and you need a savior you need someone to rescue you the rescue the rescuer is here this morning 
If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up in this place. Is there anybody that needs Jesus this morning? Anybody at all? You need Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Is there anybody? has the interpretation for that. I want to release you to share that with us. for anybody. If you need Jesus, I want to give you another opportunity. Lift your hand. Holy Spirit is dealing with you. I see that hand back there. Thank you. Is there anybody else? God is dealing with you right now. You've been stubborn. Even now you feel your stubbornness rising up. Is there anybody that needs Jesus? Anybody else? To, to pray this prayer together and we're, we're not done with the altar call after that. But I want to make that one person that, that raised their hand, I want them to be comfortable. So if you could all just pray this prayer after me. Father, I come to you today a sinner. And Lord, I need you to save me. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross and shed his blood my sins and today I receive him I make him my king I make him my lord I repent of my sins and I turn to him in Jesus name amen if you could just stay in a spirit of prayer if you have found yourself trusting in other people to get you out of trouble instead of God like we saw King Asa do, if you've been stubborn, if you've been prideful, if there's something going on in your life and and you've tried to get your answers from other people, other places, but you're ready, you're ready to put your faith and trust in God to take you through what you're going through right now, I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to come forward. God wants to do something in your life today. God wants to do something amazing in your life today. If that's you, 
Get up out of your seat and come forward and let God do what he wants to do in your life today. Don't let that stubbornness hold you back. Don't let that pride hold you back. Learn. Learn from King Asa. you're going through today is not too big for God. 